Hi, today we are going to talk about the education policy in Andhra Pradesh, Cinematograph Amendment Act, and what to make of the Islamic State returnees. First, Andhra Pradesh has come up with an education policy that requires all Telugu medium graduation level colleges to adopt English as their medium of instruction. The intention here seems to be one of increasing global employment prospects for students. And this isn't the first time the state has come up with such a policy. In 2019, it had made English compulsory as a medium of instruction for Telugu medium schools. But that got into a legal mire. High Court held that this violated Article 21A, which is the Right to Education Act. The new policy might also land up with a similar fate. But despite what the law states, there are a couple other things that this policy comes in conflict with. The national education policy holds that wherever possible, the medium of instruction for children has to be in a vernacular language, at least up to class five. Next, a survey was conducted in 2014 on pedagogy and governance standards of schools in Andhra Pradesh. And one of the policy implications of that study was that content accumulation might become difficult for children when they suddenly shift from one medium of instruction to another. Politically, criticisms are focused upon the erosion of Telugu or Urdu culture that might be a fallout of this policy. Another criticism is that parents who haven't been exposed to English before might find it difficult to guide the children at home. So the government claims that this is necessary firstly because Hyderabad now belongs to Telangana after the bifurcation and a number of revenue generating industries have been lost as a result. So they will need technological minds and manpower to stem this loss. And remittances from abroad can help with the revenue generation as well. Second, they say they are going to implement this phase by phase by making textbooks bilingual, introducing QR code based textbooks with an audio component, etc. So essentially, the conflict here is between choosing a rights based approach versus a reforms based approach. When it comes to the current state of education, there are many more factors that determine learning outcomes than just the medium of instruction especially pedagogical issues, how a subject is being taught, number of students per teacher, teacher training colleges, etc. From what we have seen earlier, this issue might take the road of linguistic nationalism again, as it happened with the three language policy in Tamil Nadu. I think it will be wise to consider language as primarily a medium of communication and create other avenues for promotion of languages or the state's linguistic culture. Next, we talk about film certification. A draft cinematograph amendment bill has been put in the public domain inviting comments. What this bill entails is a clause claiming to curb piracy and one more controversial proposal of providing revisionary powers of certification to the center. Little backdrop of how a certification board functions. So the producer of a film goes to the CBFC for certification, which is required for a theatrical release. CBFC is a central board for film certification. This provides a certification upon what kind of audience is suitable to watch a particular film. There are three kinds of certification. U would mean universal access, UA is parental supervision, and A is restricted for adults. It's another matter that the board has been overstepping its functions for many years, and it has now taken the role of a censor proposing cuts. So currently, anyone can file a police complaint over a scene or title of a film that they have an issue with, and a criminal proceeding will take place. Now, the center wants the power to revisit the certification of a film even after its release. They claim that this will be done only in cases where a complaint has been raised, but there is enough precedence to be skeptical of this intention. The last news item is about countries dealing with Islamic State returnees. 
So Islamic State is a terrorist organization that seeks to establish an Islamic caliphate and recruits people from around the world who can fight for the cause of an Islamic rule and a way of life. There have uh, been recruits from India as well. One such is Nimisha, who left the country to join ISIS in Afghanistan and Syria. She has been in the news now because she seeks to come back to India after her, after her husband died in a conflict and she's with a child. There are many similar cases around the world. Uh, the recent one being uh, one of the UK teenagers, Shamima Begum, who left the country for Syria. And when she sought to go back, UK has denied her admission. This is again a murky territory and it throws up a lot of questions regarding citizenship, statelessness, human rights, national security, etc. etc. So what does the international law say about citizenship? It says that you cannot strip anyone's citizenship if that is going to make that person stateless. And there are international conventions supporting the right of a person to leave a country and their right to return back to it. Domestically, the issue is one of national security. Will these people pose a danger for their country on return? The problem with trying such people under domestic laws is that uh, most of their acts are committed outside the country and coming up with enough evidence to prosecute them here becomes difficult. Since there are not too many cases, the countries decide upon these cases on an ad hoc basis. So there is no cohesive policy to address this issue. Basically, there's a lot of confusion here from the security point of view, from the political point of view, and this is going to take a lot of time to solve. Thank you for listening.